Welcome to another mini Mantis, Donna Mantis podcast, a variety podcast, if you will. You can find us online at www.donnofmantis. We're on Twitter, too. You can find us fairly easily that way. Uh, and Patreon. We have some Patreon tiers, happy tiers, where you can join in on the fun, get in on our Discord. We promise to fix that. Uh, right now, it's running on impulse power, as Carl said earlier. Joe, what's going on tonight? I am a little sore Slightly bloated, little gassy, little aroused, and ready to rock and roll. I've got Canada Dry flowing through my veins, thanks to Sam and a very generous patron. Blackberry. Blackberry. Yeah, and if you're just tuning in on this thing, we've been trying, and we've been very nice. We've been downright hospitable. We're going to try it nice first. We're going to try it nice. Yeah, yeah. So we want a sponsorship. That's the only one we've ever reached out for. Just Canada Dry. That's all I want. Canada Dry. That's that we just want one. And all you got to do is send us free product. That's yep. all we want. Yep. Free stuff. Mm-hmm. Coupons. They could be coupons. You don't have to. I, yeah. I, I, I get it. I, I'm a logistics person. I get it. It costs a lot of money to mail a product with water in it. Uh, but um, there's water and goodness, and I don't know what else uh, because it's a great product. But some coupons are are very uh, light mailing. And you could mail us some coupons to where our conversations will never go dry with Canada Dry. They did say, I mean, they tweeted us back and said they always have our back. In the devilish details. Mm -hmm. Yes. We're looking at you, Canada Dry. We're ready for that. Oh, also, I am sad to report that I, in an effort to uh, emotionally destroy one of our listeners who insisted that the, the can koozie was called a cozy, in my effort to break her spirits... I proved her right, and I looked up the patent, and it is indeed called a cozy. It was patented as a cozy in like 1980-something. Yeah, and, and we I, gave her crap for the whole episode, <laughs> and she was right. And she took it like a trooper, though. She did. She didn't and, gloat. And by the way, that's a Mantis family member. Her and Hannah are actually considered Mantis family. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Mantis Isn't that cool? family, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. They, got, they have a neat tag. That has a ring to it. It does. The Mantis family. The Mantis family. No, Maybe we need another. <laughs> I don't like that. Don't say that again. Uh, uh, you know, it's the Manson family. Too close to the Manson I, I <laughs> Let's buy an We old... won't convince them to kill anyone. <laughs> we won't. I'd like to open this podcast with a question from one of our patrons. Carl asked a very good question. His question is... Well, let me. Uh, this is this is kind of what's cool about that he asked this question because this was something that I already had thought of. Not his question, but uh, so we're recording these episodes now, and sometimes they will drop a week or two after we've recorded them. Right? Is that should we not say that? Is like like breaking That's the fine. Force? It's okay. No one gives a shit. So what's <laughs> weird is I've thought this is how macabre I am. What if we get in a wreck on the way home and I get my head severed by an oak tree? How creepy is it that like I'm still I'm, I'm like these what reminded me of this is these musicians a lot of these musicians that died in plane crashes had songs come out after they died dude I'd have like two or three more podcasts come out I'm I'm buried not buried I'm 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 posthumous No that's not what I wanted her to say <laughs> I'm posthumous that's perfect Now the make episode her say the other comes thing. out posthumous Yeah I, I'm I'm ashes I'm scattered you know 
and I still got a couple of more uh, episodes. How creepy would that be, man? Yeah, not for you, but for everyone else. Well, yeah, I'm, I don't. I wouldn't care because I'm dead. But <laughs> that yeah. is, yeah. Thanks for that. That's quite scarring. <laughs> My best friend dies in a car. I appreciate that. Yeah. Drop that down. Sorry about. No, that. No, no, you're good. I'm joking. Uh, yeah, that is kind of creepy to think about. Yeah. So Carl's question. Oh yeah, what is Carl's question? I'll pose it to you guys and I'll throw mine in. Uh, would you rather know the day you die or how you die? Well, the Edward on Big Fish. Yes. He he wasn't freaked out at all no. whenever he learned how he died. He saw it in the eye. Because he was like, well, one less thing to worry about. Yeah. <laughs> so that's an that's an awesome optimist. Uh, I don't know that I'd look at it like, I mean, that would be a, I mean, maybe at first, but then that would be a looming date as it get as I know, it got right? closer. And then you would try to avoid it. Yeah. Well, but I mean, the other way too, how you die. Like if it was like a crane drops a pallet on you. Like every time you see a crane, like no, I'm not talking about the bird. Uh, I don't think you can lift a pallet. But uh, <laughs> like every time you saw one in the skyline, you'd be like, I'm not going anywhere near that. That's or how I die. You could choke on a kumquat. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was that again? Do it again. Do it again. You could choke on a kumquat. I like posthumous better. I wish you could make her say a sentence. I'm really bummed out about that. What's the sexiest word you can think of? And I want long. I want lots of syllables. Kumquat's pretty good. Yeah, but that's just two syllables. Kumquat. I want like... I want Can't s- you ever be happy? <laughs> no. Can't you ever be... Sam found you an awesome pronunciation. Condescending. What? Condescending. Condescending? Can you, or what? Can you slow her down? <laughs> <laughs> Sam's not your... Rot- Condescending. Wow, he did. Well, now I don't even like her. He's not your voice... Girl DJ, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Got any requests from Sam? That vo- no, uh, that was pretty cool. Well, though. first I, I was like, make that. her say, "I've been naughty," and he's like, oh, "I can only make her say one word at a time." So I'm like, "Well, now what's the posthumous was the best so far? It's very weird. <laughs> Kumquat wasn't as good as I thought it would be." Cracking me up. <laughs> yeah, see, I would rather know the day I died because then you know, like, if it's the year 2060. Right, you're like I'm good for a long time. That's a load off, kind of, right? And and unless it's like 2058, 2059. Yeah, but think about Sunday night syndrome, where on Sunday night you're dreading Monday because you know it's Sunday, right? Like Sunday night, at like so when it gets late into the hour, I mean, if you got something to look forward to, you're like you know a vacation coming up or something. You're like up and up, and you're like, yes, we know we're going Friday. But if you have something bad, like you got your boss is going to come in and check all your you know, things and you're going to maybe be in trouble that whole week's kind of crap. Yeah, I get it. So if you knew the date, the whole time leading up to that, it's just going to be a crappy, yeah. unless you, unless you're in that last stage of acceptance. True. But so, what, what if the date is when like you do the math and you would be 89? Yeah. But like, what, damn, that's good. But there's the Ouija board movie where when I was a kid, did you guys ever watch that? It was called Ouija board. I think. I don't know. I don't think I did. Or witch board or something. That w- they did the thing that you're not supposed to do, ask the day of your death. And it went to N-O-W, or I think. And oh, then I was wow. like, And there was a knock at the door, and there was like a murder or something. I can't Whoa. remember the details of that. So that's always freaked me out. It's like, well, you don't want to ask. Don't ask. Don't ask. It might be soon. But you're saying 80. Yeah, I mean, there's chances it could be, but um, what if it says 44? Yeah, see, I... I've, but if you have to pick, I don't know. I don't even know. This is a very good question, Carl. I'll predict how I'm going to die. You want to do that? How? Not really. Everyone's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> the big C is going to get me. 
Oh, you think? Cancer, yeah. It's just a matter of when. I Hopefully, I'm, I'll either be 48 or 68 family? or 70. My father had intestinal cancer, or my grandfather had intestinal cancer. That's probably about it. I've just always, I think it's going to be skin cancer because, you know, they're always like, be, be wary of spots that have irregular borders and different colors. And I'm like, I only have like 39 of those. So they're all just little ticking time bombs on my ginger body that's going to kill me one of these days. Hmm. Yeah, dude. So I'm, I'm pretty sure I already know how. I just don't know when. As a fan of science and medical technology, I mean, that escalates. And we've talked about it before. Someone says, what time, what era throughout history would you like to live? The latest one. Because medical technology, you know, escalates. Yeah. So don't be so down on that. I mean, it could be that you get something and you just beat it. No problem. Yeah, you've talked about that many times before. Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather live now because 200 years ago, if you got sick, they were like, well, we'll rub you in buffalo dung. <laughs> Let's get rid of some of that extra blood you have. Yeah. Bloodletting. Let's bleed you out and then put you in a smoky bubble. <laughs> To breathe in the smoke in your lungs. Oh, is your leg hurting? Try 25 leeches. (laughs) That will help. Um, God forbid. I think there is some medical science behind that. There is with leeches, with blood transfer and stuff. Yeah. 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 Actually. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, uh, I guess, I guess how, just because I'm, I'm such a problem solver, uh, maybe I just, but I mean, the spirit of this is you can't keep that from happening. Yes. You know? Yes. You wouldn't be like, oh, I know the I you know the day or how, so I'll just avoid. No, the conditions would be your ass is going out on that day or that way. I just keep thinking of like bread truck, you know, something like an <laughs> event. You know, it's like, well, I'm just gonna stay. I'm gonna move out in the middle of nowhere, you know, where a bread truck can't get me, and then one plows through my cabin. What if it was like, <laughs> what if what if you were like, I want to know how I'm gonna die, and the answer was something like Steve Miller Band. Oh. Or just something like what the what does that mean? I, I could almost see you making a movie something like that. Like you found out you find out how you're gonna die, so you go to you go to dodge it in a bunch of different ways, and then it ends up being a twist at the end, and it is that way. But you actually all the actions that you took led you into that death. Yeah, that could be a cool movie. I that's probably already been that, done. That's what I was about to say. That might be. A movie. Let's change it to Steely Dan. I like. I want to do that. Steely yeah. Dan, not Steve Miller Band. Okay, yeah. proceed. <laughs> Joker. <laughs> I was just joking. Well, you could call me the Space Cowboy. Uh, anyway, whichever. Okay. Um. So yeah. So that's my. That's my. Uh. I just predicted my own death. So there you go. There's. Hey, that. Joe. Mm-hmm. Speaking of death. Yeah. What do we got tonight? A death. Oh, a death. A celebrity death. Oh, that surprises me. Oh, it's a bright young lad that played guitar like nobody's business. Oh. Are you talking about Stevie Ray Vaughan? Oh wow. Yeah. Let's talk about him. Okay. You ready? Stevie Ray Vaughan helped usher in a huge revitalization of the blues throughout the 80s. He was born and raised in Dallas, Texas, but moved to Austin in 1972 after dropping out of school to pursue music. More Texas stuff. It's a lot in Texas, man. Mm -hmm. Is that a big state? (laughs) I'm not good with maps. (laughs) Alaska by area is bigger. Oh, it is? Yeah, I think so. I think I'm right about that. (laughs) Because, Because the way a globe... It, it stretches and skews stuff, and when you see it flat on a map, it doesn't look as big. But it is. Uh, it is it is in land area bigger than Texas, I think. Well, yeah. Yeah. Alaska, I think, covers all, most of the middle of the United States. Yeah. I think he's right. That's Canada. No. <laughs> you could knucklehead. <laughs> hey, do we have any Canada listeners? Have you ever noticed on uh, we have so Yeah, Ontario shows up. Four. No. We have a few, yeah. yeah. There's uh Hello. Sorry about the knuckle thing. <laughs> uh 
So so Alaska is. Oh damn! I had no. It beats clue. it by a lot. You were so right, Ivan. Yeah. Well, then how come Texas is always up their own asses about how big their state is, and they're like freaking half as big as Alaska? Well, you got some explaining to do, Texas. Admittedly, I don't know that I've ever heard a Texan say that. What? Well, not those words. Well, they say everything's bigger in Texas except their state. Our state. <laughs> So yeah, he uh, uh, dropped out of high school and went to Austin to uh, pursue music. After a few years of playing in clubs and dives around the Austin area, he gained a pretty large following. Six years after landing in Austin, he formed his now legendary band, Double Trouble. And together, they soon became one of the hottest acts in the state. And that's a big state, but not as big as Alaska. They even got to... <laughs> Ooh, burn on Texas. They even got to open for blues pioneer and legend Muddy Waters mm. in 1979. Yep. Muddy Waters, he must have been 116 years old in 1979. I think that's true. Look, Stevie Ray and Double Trouble were then invited to play at the Montreux Jazz Festival on Lake Geneva in Switzerland in 1982. The, the, the Deep Purple song is so right. Mm. We all went down to Montreux on the Lake Geneva oh, shoreline. yeah. Um, also on the bill that year was David Bowie, who instantly was impressed after watching Stevie Ray's show, so much so that he invited him to play on his upcoming album, Let's Dance. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't either. I remember that now, yeah. But yeah, uh, Vaughn accepted, and he's actually contributed quite a bit of guitar to David Bowie's album. And this was before he was anybody, really. You know, So that's really cool. Finally, in 1983, after wowing the likes of Bowie, Muddy Waters, and Jackson Brown, who fell in love with him after seeing one set and offered Vaughn full use of his personal studio, Jackson Brown loved him. Um, Stevie Ray and Double Trouble were signed to Epic Records and released their first album, Texas Flood, that same year. It went on to peak at 38 on the charts and went on to sell over half a million copies, which was monumental for a blues record at the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely not mainstream. By the way, back to Jackson Brown, too. That's really quick aside. That's somebody that I, two artists that I, that was just always on the peripheral. Yeah. That I'd never really paid attention to that I've recently fell in love with is John Mellencamp and Jackson Brown. Yeah, you're talking about Mellencamp before. Yes. But I you just, don't know, you, you can't go Cougar anymore. He dropped that Cougar stuff. Yeah, it's just John Mellencamp. Yeah, he which was, is better. Way far better. better. Yeah, but Jackson Brown, dude, like Doctor My Eyes, and just all—he's got so yeah. many good songs that you don't realize. Yeah, for sure. Vaughn and Double Trouble went on to release three more studio albums, each fairly successful and critically acclaimed, and many proclaimed Stevie Ray as the guitar hero of the current era. Yeah, they sold millions of albums, played out uh, sold out concerts, and also put on legendary performances at Carnegie Hall and on Austin City Limits. That's where I first saw. Stevie Ray Vaughan. Oh, really? I was a kid. I don't know what year that was, but I was I, I was a fairly small kid, and my dad loved Austin City Limits. He would watch it just almost no, no matter who was on. Can there. I do a prediction before you finish sure. that story? He didn't like it. It was he watched it with you, and he didn't like I it. I don't remember his reaction. Okay, sorry. I was just thinking that that wouldn't be his cup of tea. Well, yeah, really. he was very, way more bluegrass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. But I, I don't remember his reaction, but I just remember Steve, seeing Stevie Ray like playing with a beer bottle as a slide. Oh, wow. And just like, I was just, holy shit, who is this yeah. guy? Yeah. I miss that show. I, I, I don't watch it anymore, but I miss, yeah, I watched that a lot when I was a kid too. It's still on, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying I don't ever really catch it, I guess. Oh, okay. Well, I do, I do, like Joey was saying, I remember discovering, I can't remember who, but I remember for the first time seeing a few people on there that I didn't know. Because, I mean- you got the radio, you don't have YouTube and stuff back then, so it's a little bit harder to discover people. 
So yeah, I do remember discovering people through that. I think my one of my favorite new country artists, Red Shahan. I think they were made for Austin City Limits. They mm-hmm. should go on there. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Did you run sound for them that night, Sam? I did. Jesus Christ, what a what an amazing band. Yeah. My God. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm good enough on enough. I remember Allison Krauss and Union Union oh, Station on that. Dude. That's one of my all-time top favorite ones. Yeah. You that's want- after uh, the movie, the Coen Brothers. Um, oh, Brother Rock? Yeah, yeah. That's after that. Was it? I think, because they were playing a lot oh, of that all stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway. You talk about a freaking amazing voice, Allison Krauss. For sure. Oh, also, quickly... <laughs> A suggested listening, listen to the uh, Allison Krauss Robert Plant album. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's phenomenal. Yeah, oh, yeah. So uh, this brings us to the late summer of 1990. Stevie Ray and his band were in East Troy, Wisconsin, where they had spent the last few days performing at the Alpine Valley Music Theater as the opening act for Eric Clapton. On August 26th, Stevie Ray told several friends and crew members that he had a vivid nightmare the night before. In the dream, he was at his own funeral, standing among a huge crowd of mourners. He said the dream had been terrifying, but almost peaceful as well. So the next day, after playing their scheduled show, Clapton's tour manager, Peter Jackson, and not that Peter Jackson, ushered Stevie out to a waiting Bell 206B Jet Ranger helicopter, saying that the weather was bad and only getting worse, and the sooner they could take off, the better. Initially, it was supposed to be Stevie, his brother Jimmy, who was also a musician, and Jimmy's wife, Connie, aboard the chopper. But as they went to climb on, they found that most of these seats had already been taken by Clapton's agent, assistant tour manager, and a bodyguard, leaving only one empty seat. Isn't it crazy? After all these these details like this come out, it's very creepy. bizarre. Yeah, creepy. it's creepy. Yeah. The, yeah, this is where it gets really like, you really find where like, if just one little teeny tiny thing would have went in a different way here yeah. or there, yeah. they would have lived. Yeah. So Stevie Ray Vaughan turns around to his brother and the brother's wife and said, can I have this? I really got to get back. You know, can I please have this seat? And of course they said, sure. Hmm. Wow. At about 1 a.m., Vaughn's helicopter, along with three other helicopters carrying other uh, various crew members, lifted off into a dense cloud of fog for Chicago. Onlookers noticed that Vaughn's helicopter, piloted by Jeff Brown, took off at a lower altitude and a higher speed than the others had before it disappeared into the fog. But after that, no one knew that there had been any problem until the flight had failed to reach their destination a few hours later. Mm. As daylight was breaking, wreckage was discovered scattered over 200 feet along a ski slope just half a mile from where the chopper had lifted off. The Civil Air Patrol was called at 7 a.m., and it was confirmed that the debris was the wreckage of Stevie Ravon's helicopter. All five on board had likely been killed instantly. Stevie Ravon was only 35. Wow. An investigation found no drugs or alcohol in the pilot system, who, by the way, had many hours of experience and was very capable. There was also no mechanical faults found in the aircraft, and all on board had been wearing their seatbelts. They concluded that the pilot simply had not gained enough altitude to clear the ski slope and could not see it approaching due to the low visibility. He just didn't see it. Wow. Freaking weird. Yeah. In just seven years, Vaughn released four studio albums, one compilation album with his brother Jimmy, and one live album. He sold millions of records, won five WC Handy Awards, and he won a Grammy Award for Best Contemporary Place Album in 1991. I thought the same thing. <laughs> What's a handy award? A WC handy. Yes. I wonder hmm. if he's related to Jack Handy. <laughs> D 
thoughts. I saw both you bastards look straight up when I said that. <laughs> In 2003, Rolling Stone ranked him seventh among the, uh, the amongst the 100 great, greatest guitar players of all time, while Guitar World ranked him eighth among the greatest uh, players of all time. He was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2015. Wow. Yeah. Okay, W.C. Handy was a composer and musician who referred to himself as the father of the blues. Oh, oh there we go. to himself. <laughs> he was the self-appointed father of the blues. He must have had some game to back it up or there would, wouldn't be that award. I, yeah, I guess you're right. Now I feel bad for snickering about it because this says um, one of many musicians who played the distinctively American blues music. Handy did not create the blues genre, but was the first to publish music in the blues form, thereby taking the blues from a regional music style like Delta Blues with a limited audience to a new level of popularity. Wow. Okay. So he just brought it to everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you got game to back it up, I think you could claim that. Yep. You know? If other people confirm that, I mean, obviously there's an award that exists. There's an award. We should just declare ourselves podcast godfathers and make our own award. Probably the OG of podcasts is Tom Green. Yeah. That's that's what, you know, I've seen multiple, or I've heard multiple people talk about that. Mm -hmm. Was that a video podcast early, but, or was it just a regular podcast? I I thought it was just audio. Yeah. I can't remember really. But, uh. It was it was like they would create the content and they didn't really know what to do with it. Yeah. You know, that's before servers and stuff like that for it. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah, he talks all about it on one of his Joe Rogan appearances. Yeah, that's right. Old Tommy. That's right. If you've Old heard Thomas Green. If you haven't heard of that guy, you should look that up. Mm-hmm. He's, he's he's an up and comer. Sure is. Sam, you good over there? I'm good. Let's let's cut and paste this baby. All righty. Good night, folks. Bye bye. <laughs>